The five solas was the war cry of the reformers. They set their feet firmly upon the gospel of Jesus Christ and him crucified and refused to move an inch. The Roman Catholic Church believed in scripture, believed in grace, believed in faith, believed in Christ, believed in the glory of God. But the reformers added the most important word of all, alone, 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 alone. That scripture is the authority and scripture alone, that we are saved by grace and grace alone, through faith and faith alone, in Christ and Christ alone, to the glory of God alone. alone. These are the five solas. Sola Scriptura. You're the five solas for the Lord's devoted. Hoping that you would hold them up close to your soul so you'll be molded to a stronger soldier. So we brought the squad to rap with just a couple things to do. I say we start the record inspecting the formal principle. Sola Scriptura, Latin for scripture alone. The call for the church to turn back to what truth is shown. Come see the scriptures that we speak of. Indeed, there is nothing missing to make men complete, though not exhaustive, it's sufficient. The word of God is the final law and authority for all of our doctrine, faith in our life, morally. The moral of the story is God's word is supreme. But if you're the Lord in your story, you're living off hopes and schemes. The word of God is our defense against wolves trying to blind you, claiming what they teach is truth, but can't find it in the Bible. Nothing new under the sun, cause since the Reformation days, it don't seem like much has changed in this information age. So Every time we spit about this grace, and when we rap, we are trying to get this point across your face in the I know the bass and the beat is a place So I put on a bold face and preach what I embrace Reach a dire race, Lord, the minds of each the base The lamb was sacrificed and the lion beat the case The great I am, I am, proclaiming to the nations Only save those he chose before the whole creation Salvation's in his hands, all according to his will Not according to a man's understanding, never will Chill, still, feel Egos like cream filling There's no ability to veto what you deem fulfilling There is no sin killing There's only sin willing You deserve wrath He sent the son to kill him In place of the punishment sin is deserved And only by his grace sin is the saints he will preserve I said it before, I'll say it again He paid it for men, the payment for sin We could never afford when laden with them Oh heavy of course, the elephant hordes With eloquent swords, the savior was pinned as blameless condemned when souls he redeemed Not only receives, embracing his friends, those who believe Now we soberly see that our salvation is his Since we're hopeless indeed, we don't hope in our deeds Yeah, I'm willing to stay boldly He justifies by faith only, not by popes or decrees Get it open and read Romans 4, 5 or Galatians 2, 16 Just believe, no promotions or fees Preserved until the day we approach him as clean Unearned like spilled remains, it's supposed to be free Simo Eustace et Pecador, our hope and our creed So if any man does boast, let him boast in the king Lord of earth, heaven's ruler, bore the curse, let's maneuver Toward his worth, that's your future, stores the words, never knew ya Jewish native, root of David, move to save him, prove the payment Do was taken, do a vacant, to me later Soul is Christus, who is him, the soul invictus Pursuing him is to behold the scriptures No newer skin, a pseudonym you can use to remove your sin Or the impending doom of men No atonement provides a aroma for those who are faithless No opponent can bribe Jehovah to lower the wages He rose to show that disciples no hope in Moses could save us He chose to open the eyes of those on the road to amaze us the scroll of papyrus, spoke and unfolded his greatness From Joe to Jonah to Micah showed the appropriate stages And overload of insightful tokens disclosed to the nation Don't need a code to decipher, homie, just open the page. So we 
Yeah. Skin that be exhausted. He's the king. Y'all just lost it. Thinking that you gonna be taking his place, his office. He's awesome. We try to seek this one thing, even though it don't belong to us. And when we get it to ourselves, I can't believe we get so dangerous. It's scandalous how we need to need it. If we don't get it, we feel defeated. I guess it gives us purpose, reason. Tell me what's your perfect reason for it. You can't because you flawed. Broken down, beaten, miserable, dead, scarred We so independent, our soul can't get with the fact That we can't do anything to change our disposition What is that? We crumble underneath the reality That we helpless, it's a tragedy When we find out God don't help those to help themselves That's a fallacy, don't get mad at me Cause salvation is not of the synergies Christ orchestrates it all, yeah he's perfectly sovereign God is against all vain glory, so get off of your utopia To God be the glory alone, sola Deo, Gloria the five solas are God's five-fingered death punch to crush the devil's skull in every generation of the world. We must ever keep our feet firmly planted on the five solas, lest we be moved from the ancient gospel. We have need to fly the war banners of the gospel again in the five solas of the Reformation. 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 You are, you are now tuning in to Reform Raza. Our aim is to glorify God through the edification of the saints. Expect practical theology and a draw to be biblical. So if you ask us who we do this for... My name is Martin Velasquez alongside with my brothers. This is Justin Corona, not and, the virus. And what up, everybody? This is Brother Vic. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We are back in the mix after a very long pause. But don't forget to hit us up at reformraza at gmail.com. We're at the website, too. Reformraza.com. See, I got to get used to getting back into the flow and the mix of things. Uh, hit us up at Reform. Oh, I already said that. Hit us up on Instagram uh, at Reform Raza and on Facebook. And don't forget to hit that five star like button on Apple Podcast. And don't forget to leave a review because we're still gonna go at it. This is not the last episode. We're still gonna go at it. So there's more episodes to come. So hit that five star like button if you are down with this podcast. I gotta tell you this. Someone got excited when they heard. Burr, 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 burr. Yeah, we back. We're probably gonna hear that sound a lot. They this say episode. whenever, <laughs> whenever the air horns play, the angels in heaven rejoice. That's classic. That's funny. <laughs> so I'm very excited about this episode, man. Yeah, it's been, it's been a minute since we've been up on the mic. Um, a lot of things have gone down. Uh, we've been busy, 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 but a good, a good busy because we know that um, what we're doing is something that the Lord is taking us through and to ultimately plant uh, this church in the city of Santana, a confessionally covenantal reformed church in a city where there is not even one 
Reformed Church. We're bringing that to that city. So praise God for the work that he is doing, not only with that, but also in our personal lives with personal growth. Um, it's been it's, it's been it's been a good road, but dang, we're just at the very beginning, very beginning of, of this stage. But I'm very excited because today is Reformation Day. Yes. Dang, we're talking in the future right now. Yes, yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> so happy Reformation Day uh, to all, all my reform gente out there. And happy Halloween to all you heathens out there. <laughs> <laughs> Triple H. Happy Halloween, heathens. <laughs> Why were you saying Triple H? But now I get it. <laughs> you, had to, you had to pause for that one a little yeah. bit. No, yeah, man. I'm very excited about this episode because, man, today is a historical day that back over 500 years ago, uh, there was a man by the name of Martin Lutero who caused a storm in the city of Wittenberg, Germany. And, uh, you know, we're going to go into the story and we we have some very exciting voicemails to play at the end of this episode. Um, if you follow our, our Instagram I posted a video where I asked reformed Latinos to send us an email about, you know, where you're from and how has reformed theology shaped your faith in Christ? Because uh, one thing that we're going to talk about today, and we've mentioned it, we've talked about it, you know, and this is what we're about. This is why we started this, this podcast, because there's reforming Latinos out there who come into the church and, you know, they usually come from Pentecostal, apostolic, non-denominational backgrounds, and then they get put on Reformed theology, and it, and it flips their mind. It causes a, 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 a game, it's a game changer where people that don't know about Reformed theology get put on Reformed theology, and then there's there's this fire for the Lord, and we haven't seen that in in the Hispanic Church ever. Um, yeah, and so now. There's a Latino Reformation going on. But first, before we get to that, we want to talk about the Protestant Reformation that kicked it off. Mm -hmm. So 504 years ago, about there, was the Protestant Reformation with Martin Luther. Uh, he, for, I mean, throughout his life, he was a monk right before this Protestant Reformation took place. And during that time, he was wrestling so much with justification because he saw the words of how God is the justifier. It, he is just and the justifier of the of uh, of sinners. And and after seeing that, and then also seeing just just looking into justification, he was perplexed. He was puzzled because that was not what he learned within uh, Roman Catholicism. And as he continued to wrestle through it, he was illumined in his mind as he further read even more and i forgot the exact uh portion of scripture he read uh, i think it was in uh, galatians where it said uh or romans where it says romans where he says the just shall live yeah. by faith yeah and and after reading that he you know went into his mode of it's it's like the 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 windows of heaven opened up to him. So if we can uh, take it back a little bit earlier, even before Martin Luther, a um, hundred years before that, there was a man by the name of 
John Huss, who started preaching about sola scriptura. He said the scripture alone was the authority of Christian um, living. That it was in it wasn't the Pope, it wasn't the papacy, it wasn't the church doctrine. It was the scriptures alone. But that was the sole authority for faith and practice. And he got burned at the stake and he was marked off as a heretic. So that played, as we're going to talk about that, that, that played a key role in the Roman Catholic papacy condemning Martin Luther as a heretic because they called him a Hussian. He was a heretical Hussian following after the steps of John Huss proclaiming the doctrine of sola scriptura. But that happened 100 years before the year 1517. So fast forward, uh, Martin Luther was, uh, he was he was starting to be uh, a lawyer, actually, before getting into, you know, the church. He was actually starting to be a lawyer. And one day there was a storm and then lightning almost hit him. And it was just a few feet away from him. And then he saw, man, like that was all God. I'm going to give my life to him. I'm going to dedicate my life to him. So he promised to serve God. And then he went to an Augustinian uh, Roman Catholic church. And that's where he started serving from there. Yeah, I've been reading some, some, of, his, uh, some of his legacy. And uh, the crazy thing was that he actually had a hatred towards God. Yeah. Because he was looking at his own sin and he was kept on hearing the righteousness of God. And he would say, how cruel of a God that would put this burden on people because he saw sin for what it was. He There was no escape. He kept on being tormented by his own sin. Yeah. And so he actually hated God because it's like, how can one be justified before his eyes if he puts this on people? And so that's when he started, um, started searching. That's when he started digging in. And it was at one time where he re- read those words in Romans where he read just where he read justified by faith. And as you quoted earlier, Martin, that's that's what he said. He said that he felt like the, the doors of heaven were open and he was walking through it. He felt born again once he heard those words justified by faith. Yeah. So that so after being struck by lightning, he tried to be, you know, before he had that experience, he tried to. Uh, gain his own righteousness by following the sacraments of the Roman Catholic Church. So he actually one of one of the things that you know you had to be to be righteous or whatever according to the Roman Catholics was that he had to take a pilgrimage. So he walked from Germany all the way to Rome, and he supposedly walked on the steps where Jesus was condemned, and he had to kiss every step going up and down. And he did things like that. He was, it was almost like the, like, like the apostle Paul, which says, you know, according to the law, you know, blameless. Martin Luther was, was like that. He really tried to gain, um, a righteous standing before God by doing all these works. And the thing that, that got to him is that the guilt of his sin would not go away. It would not leave him. That, that's, that's what was killing him. That's what really uh, made him to hate God because like, man, I'm doing all these things. I'm working my butt off, but this guilt does not go away. So he did come to hate God. And it wasn't, it wasn't until he read that, that text that he had that experience. It's like if he was born again, 
and then um well really kicked off the main event you know wwe you know what i mean the main event um it was a it, it wasn't the selling of indulgences but it was the abuse of the selling of indulgences so he was he saw this man kind of kind of it's kind of like a prosperity teacher where he's kind of like selling the indulgences trying to get people to buy them like um trying to to persuade poor people to to buy these indulgences that were gonna set their dead family members free or that they can spend less time in purgatory by purchasing this document that says you paid your 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 fine to the to the church and so now you can get shorter time or your loved one just got out of purgatory you know and uh and that really pissed him off <laughs> that really pissed off martin luther so he he went home and he wrote up the 95 theses 95 statements that were wrong about not just indulgences but the papacy roman catholic doctrine all these rules and he walked up to the the main church in Wittenberg, germany and he nailed his 95 theses to the castle church in Wittenberg, and that's what set everything off man every time i hear that story i, I don't think of it as, as like oh the, uh you know he just got you know got a pen because martin luther said that if you want to change or if you want to make war grab a pen and start writing so so when i when i hear that when, when i hear that I, I just imagine luther with the with the passion yeah, he needed with, 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 with like a, like oh man, I can't believe that the Roman Catholic Church is doing this. This is not what the what Scripture says at all. So he went home that night, started writing up these ninety five theses in the heat of passion, and I could just it imagine, was exactly that. I could just imagine him getting up in the morning, you know, stomping, walking, and then and, and hope y'all y'all hear this right here, hammering down the ninety five theses in the Roman Catholic Church, and just kind of like. Dropping the hammer down and just walking away, <laughs> and then there's an explosion in the back. In the back. <laughs> and then he puts, his, hear... he puts his glasses on and he walks away. And then there's a, there's a there's a reformed thug life sign passing by in front of him. I'm just a, I'm just picturing this That's because the man that blew up the building. Because y'all knew about Luther, even in his opening opening in the 95 Thesis says, "Let me know when you want to debate this." Yeah, he came at them rough. Like, let me know when you want to get down on this. Let me know when you want to uh, uh, square up with me, basically. And then let me see. I'll, I'll take you down. Because because the 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 door or whatever was like a billboard, so people would look at it and people would post things all the time. That's old school social media right there. And that's <laughs> really what it was. People would you know, post things or pin things right there. And he wrote that. You know, like come at me, bro. And so they did. They came at him. And so after that. It caused a stir. People went wild because they have never heard these things before. They were so used to following the papacy that when Martin Luther came at them with this, it, it, it blew everyone's mind. It blew everyone's mind. And and Martin Luther was looked at as a wild boar running around in the garden, causing havoc because he he was a savage, dude. Like if you read his yeah. stuff, he was a savage. And he didn't hold anything back. You want to talk about being a cage stager? Phew. That's Martin Luther right there. So that was in the year 1517. So by the year 1521, 
um, they were already out for his head. Like by 1521, like they wanted, they wanted, they wanted him dead. Um, so they gave them a chance to recant. Um, so at the so when he was marked off as a heretic, that was like another main event where he, they were already out for his head. They were already out for him. But at the same time, um, he was in hiding and the printing press, w- which started you know, to pop off. So he was writing. He was writing books. He was writing all kinds of things, translating the the it was just the 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 latin scriptures so all the the bible was just in latin so the common man wasn't able to read it so they just followed the the doctrine of the church only the the pope and the priests they had access um and they knew how to read latin but the the common folk didn't so what martin luther did is that he translated the bible into german so that every common man is able to have a translation of the bible that they can read in their own language Cause that was that was the main thing. The main thing that kicked off uh, this whole movement was scripture alone is the authority for faith and practice. It wasn't it wasn't the the Pope. It wasn't you know church doctrine. It was the scriptures alone is what is the authority. And since Roman Catholicism went against scripture. Martin Luther was like, nah, y'all fools are tripping. Even calling the Pope the Antichrist. Yep. That's just putting it in a nice way. <laughs> no, because he the thing is he was reading in scripture about the Antichrist. He's like, that's the Pope. Yeah. He's Antichrist. So out of boldness, he would just he Man, uh, Luther, man, I was just picture him out of boldness. He just like stood up. Don't don't quote me on this, right? But it's like me imagining Luther just standing up and pointing out and shouting out, that's the Antichrist right there. Pointing him out. Yeah, I mean it's crazy because he he, he got in the he he wrote wrote a bunch of books, translated the Bible, handed it out to people, and I mean Luther was was like uh, uh, not, not not too kind with his words, but it's funny because he said these people will not know the difference between an ape and the Pope. <laughs> so out of love, out of love, he did all this because he saw that there was a need for the church, and so he just write, started writing a bunch of stuff down. So that, like you said, Martin, the common man would have access to this, to the source. Yeah, so then they gave them 60 days to recant his statements. And the this is where John Huss uh, comes into play. Because they did the same thing with him. They gave him a chance to recant. And they're like, oh, it's all good, you know, after the 60 days we're up. You know, like, all right, come, you know, well, let's, talk, let's talk this out. John Huss didn't recant. And they burned him at the stake and marked off as a heretic. So Martin Luther was like, nah, y'all fools are tripping. I'm not falling for that game. You know what I mean? And and uh, and he had a debate with uh, with a guy named uh, Charles Eck or something like that. And um, they went at it hard. Like it was a, a heated debate where Martin Luther, man, just went off and um, he, he, he didn't recant He didn't recant um, He got away And after that he was marked off as, as a heretic And excommunicated from the, uh, the Roman Catholic Church just, just wanted to mention the famous words When he was brought before uh, What would you say the, the Not the congregation The council The council 
He said, you have, what are you going to do? You must recant all of this. And so he went into deep prayer that one night and, uh, and he prayed, he prayed hard. He went before the council the next day and said, I cannot recant. I cannot go neither, uh, I cannot go against conscience for it's neither safe nor right. God help me. Here I stand. God help me. I mean, that's crazy. That, that's, that's, man, going before, I mean, you got, you got to imagine, 100 years prior to that, this man, John Huss, was burned alive. And so I would imagine, though, that he, he, was, he was expecting something like, God help me. Here I stand. Like, I'm not going to recant. Yeah. I'm not going to bow down. I'm going to stand it with scripture. I'm going to stand for God. I mean, those are the famous words that's like, man, I, I will not recant. God help me. Here I stand. And when I read that, I was like, dang, this guy has beef. Yeah, man. So, um, so Martin Luther was never killed at the hands of the Roman Catholic Church. He ended up getting married. Um, and then later on in his later years, he, he kind of lost it a little bit. <laughs> a lot of people were accusing him of, you know, anti-Semitic, um, language and thoughts which is true um you know it's like the the two-face in in, in the batman and where, where he says that you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain <laughs> uh but martin luther um in his prime he 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 turned the world upside down um with his pen and uh the the main the main uh, doctrines that he stood on which where we get the five solas of the Protestant Reformation was scripture alone faith alone, grace alone Christ alone to God be the glory alone because the Roman Catholic Church believed in these things but they added a plus sign to everything it was faith plus works grace plus merit scripture plus the Pope, um, Christ, plus the saints, and then uh, and Mary, the worship of Mary, and then glory to God, but also to the Pope and the Church. So it was always they always added to those things, and and what came out of that Reformation was nope, we want to add a minus sign to all these things. No faith alone, grace alone, Christ alone, Scripture alone, to the glory of God alone yeah in, in Roman Catholicism it wasn't like they didn't have faith or or understand grace they they understood uh, the basic of that but they added everything else to it and because it, it's it's uh, I forgot somebody dubbed it uh, sub subtraction by addition because they they added to these uh, solas that that we see them um, they, in, they in fact just subtracted it, it, and if it, it just completely negated all of it because it has to be alone it can't be plus anything else yeah yeah so uh, after Martin Luther uh, a couple men played key roles in the spreading of reformed doctrine um, throughout all of Europe Ulrich Zwingli, John Calvin John Knox uh, these men um, also went hard for the Lord and wrote some really dope stuff. John Calvin, really, really smart guy. 
Um, I forget how old he was when he wrote the Institutes of the Christian Religion, but he was very young. And, you know, just these writings kept on influencing the church uh, from that point on. And we see now the beginning of the Reformed movement from that moment on. Yeah, so as we celebrate Reformation Day, we don't necessarily celebrate Martin Luther and, and all the things that he, uh, I guess, uh, put out. As Martin mentioned, you know, there were some things that he was off. But we more so celebrate the fact that, that the Protestant Reformation, when that um, began, it just set off. It was, it was a stone in history that really made a ripple effect for all of us as evangelicals today, you know in reformed theology yeah we celebrate what god did through that movement and and i like how um there's another podcast called christ is the cure and on the instagram page they they posted a uh, something that they posted on twitter but uh it says that from that moment of the protestant reformation it says that we now are able to celebrate freedom from medieval political papacy Freedom to be a Protestant or evangelical. Freedom to have the scriptures in your own tongue. Freedom to read the scriptures in your own tongue. Freedom to worship and sing in your own tongue. Freedom to reject traditions not found in scripture. Freedom to partake in communion as a layman. Freedom to challenge clergy with scriptures. Freedom to separate church and state. Freedom to break from medieval superstition. Freedom to break from false hopes of indulgences. Freedom to break from false graces in relics. Freedom to break from false mediation. Freedom to break from illegitimate authority. Freedom to break from unnecessary burdens. And freedom to break from a false gospel. Um, and, you know, if any, this is this is our 4th of July as believers. But mm-hmm. more, more emphasis than the 4th of July uh, for America. Because this is something that globally believers are able to uh, recognize and are able to to give an appreciation and glory to God for using various people during that era to really bring forth um, a more sound biblical view of the scriptures and and you know freedom that we are now able to all partake in in reading and sharing of the scriptures um, and edification yeah man um so that event was it was a pivotal moment in church history and it's crazy because even like regular history recognizes this event because it, it was it didn't, it didn't just reform the church but it, it, it even reformed german culture because um they now had a bible that they can read in their language so um, Martin Luther played a key role in in modern German in the modern German language uh, to help it out, like culturally. Um, so that was a pivotal moment in history, and how Justin said, like we are benefactors of 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 this legacy to the fact that now we fast forward to to our time and our age, you know, when the Pentecostal movement just went off it it really it it, it really affected the church in 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 uh and uh i'll say in a negative way because pentecostalism really steered away 
from Sola Scriptura and went to um, dreams and miracles. And so the, the Pentecostal movement, um, in my opinion, I think did, did, did damage to the church uh, because what came from that also was this fake piety and legalistic burdens that were, that were placed on, on Christians. Dressing a certain way, uh, speaking in tongues, and 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 kind of, it was like a going back to like a like the papacy. You know what I mean? If you really look at apostolic and Pentecostal traditions, it's really Catholic, like really Roman Catholic, because you have the Pope who is, quote unquote, the man of God, the the and the, the pastor. He's the man of God, right? He receives direct revelation from God. And he gets to rule the church by himself. And so you got the leader. So you got the other, you know, bishops and things like that. And then you got everybody um, bowing down to to him. And basically what he says, the Lord revealed to me that this, this and that. And everybody follows that. So although they have the scriptures, they rely more on visions and dreams to guide them than the scripture alone. And so coming to Latino culture, we grow up in these kind of churches. We grow up hearing these things and thinking that this is the, the branch of Christianity that, that is right. So you see Hispanic Pentecostal churches all over the hood. You see them, um, you know, speaking in tongues, supposedly, and, you know, all about miracles and, and and things like that and really emphasizing not just scripture alone but now you have to be you have to let the holy spirit reveal personal things to you that are outside of scripture and so that 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 leaves room for a lot of abuse because it happens where it says oh the spirit of god told me that you gotta you gotta sell your house and you got to give it to me. This is the Lord's will. And so us, we grew up hearing these kind of things and we, and, and it's, and, and it's unattractive. So a lot of Latinos who grew up in Christian households, uh, a lot of us do stray away because we're like, man, I ain't trying to be part of that. But then the Lord is good and the Lord is sovereign. He brings us back. And then we get into our, our scriptures and we discover that God is sovereign overall. So now in the modern day movement, you know, thank God for YouTube, actually, because a lot of the stories, um, a lot of la Latino stories start off. Well, I heard Paul Washer on YouTube or I heard John MacArthur on YouTube. And then they, they do their, their work and search the scriptures. And it blows her mind. Like what? Like you've heard our stories before. Like, like listening to these preachers and then and then being Bereans and searching out the scriptures, right? Because it's not like we're just oh, you know, that's right. You know, John MacArthur is unfallible, so whatever he says goes. No, we search the scriptures to see whether these things are true, and it's right there in the text, and you can't deny it. So we're going back to that sola scriptura, mm. and and seeing Jesus Christ. Through Reformed theology, it changes us, it shapes us, it molds us, 
into a more faithful, a more practical, and, and, and a more comforting way of seeing God. Yeah, Reformed theology will then reshape and restructure the way we view God and the scriptures uh, and the church. Yeah. Uh, and it's sad because right now we're, we're going to, you know, as we're talking about the Latino culture, like, if you, if you really look at it too, like, why is it that the low income areas, the, the more um, hood areas or, you know, urban areas, there's more liquor stores, right? Yeah. And there's also more um, theologically malnourished churches. Mm-hmm. But yet uh, there are more reformed churches in the more higher class mm-hmm. areas, the more Mm-mm-mm. you know, nicer um, neighborhoods. And in fact, there's even so much to where like there may be even two on the same street. <laughs> I'm a little concerned. Wrong button. Hey! It's been a while. Take it easy. <laughs> hey, hey, take it easy. You don't want to go there, brother. You don't want you don't, you so, don't want to so, say that. So so this is why we're excited about this because not only are we celebrating Reformation Day, but we're also celebrating the fact that the Latino culture in itself is uh, really taking big strides in uh, reformed theology. Mm-mm-mm. And by that I mean that there is a growing number of Latinos reforming. Um, and and it's awesome. That is awesome. So so this is the way that that, that I see it, right? Because you mentioned Pentecostalism, but I, but I don't want to limit to Pentecostalism. But it's more yes, Pentecostals. But there's a lot of people who are going to mention right now the you know, Reformed Latinos rising up, but they come out of Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel. Calvary. They come out of uh, Victory Word of Outreach. Faith movements. Where the faith movements, uh, prosperity gospel, yeah. TBN, all yeah. all of this. Yep. So it's not just. I'm, I'm saying like, there's a lot of backgrounds, and I, I love how you mentioned that because it's a, there's there's a modern day reform, reformation happening within the Latinos group. That in one sense, we are uh, getting into this reformed theology. I don't know about you guys, but me, like I didn't even know it was reformed theology, but I was just searching the scriptures. Yeah, mm-hmm. but. You're, 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 you're getting all, all of this, uh, you know, God's revealing things to you. And then us, we, we want to share the, share this, like, man, can't, this, these doctrines. And in, in some sense, we are, we, are, we are in the same position as Luther, where yeah. the, the pastor is telling us, recant mm-hmm. all, of the, all of that you're learning. Recant mm-hmm. what you're yeah. doing. We stand before the council of the non-denominational churches, mm-hmm. the Pentecostal churches, and they're saying, recant. Or get out of my church, and we end up being like Luther saying, "God help me, I, I, I can't recant here. My I stand. Conscience is my conscience is held captive to the word of God. God, and I cannot recant. It is neither right nor safe. We find ourselves in that position, standing before the the you know the the you know whatever the church the, leaders, whatever whatever these non-denominational churches want to call it. You know we stand before them and say we can't recant." And that's when all that's when we, we end up in that situation where it's like, well, where can we go? Ooh, man, you hit the nail on the head like Martin Luther did with his 95 theses. And look out for RCLC in the new future. Okay. <laughs> you, that's exactly, man, you hit it right there, dude. Because this is the problem that we, we, we now face is that where do we go? What church do we go to? Because, because yes, we can go to a white reformed church. 
but there is gonna be a major cultural divide and it's it's you know it is what it is it's not gonna feel the same white reform culture and a hood latino dude are two diff- totally different things and i'm not saying that there can't be never be no unity there yeah, there, there is there is oh, but for me as for me i wouldn't be able to go to those kind of churches not because i'm against white people or anything like that it's just i don't know it's just different i feel more comfortable in a multi multicultural church where that's how it should be it shouldn't be a white church shouldn't be a black church shouldn't be a latino church it should be churches who are filled with different ethnicities yeah that that, that reflect the local community that reflect not only that but that are going to reflect that's going to reflect heaven in heaven what there's going to be uh, different people from different tribes tongues and nations it's not just going to be one ethnicity and this is this is a part that that where there's a problem now too because reformed culture has always been white it has always been white and so we don't see reformed people evangelizing to the hoods that's why they never heard of these kind of doctrines that's why we had to wait on youtube to come so that we can listen to these kind of things search the scriptures and now we get to take it back to our communities and what do we face the backlash that victor just mentioned and we're left in this, in this place of where do I go now? Where do I go? So now we see a rise now. You know, thank God. And this is why we've been busy. It's because we've, we've been preparing to plant a multicultural church in the hood. So that people in low-income low areas can hear the gospel. Can hear Jesus Christ proclaimed through Reformed theology. And it's going to be a game changer. It's going to be something that, that no one has ever done before. And so, you know, praise God for what he is doing now in the Reformation, the modern day Reformation that's happening now. Yeah, think about it too. Imagine that people who always had Reformed theology saw it like this. Mm -hmm. Because think about it, uh, 50 years ago, I don't know how many years ago now because I I feel like I'm getting old. The 80s isn't 20 years ago anymore. (laughs) That's crazy. But... (laughs) So, Martin Luther King Jr., right? His father, Martin Luther King, was so uh, fascinated and encouraged and edified by Martin Luther when he made a trip to Europe. In fact, his name was actually Michael King. And from his trip to Europe and, and, and learning about the Reformation and what took place, he ended up changing his name to Martin Luther King. And then he also, I, I forgot if it was actually him or it was his son that later also changed his name from Michael King Jr. to Martin Luther King Jr. as well. Is that a fact? It is a fact. Wow, that's crazy. And they, they and <laughs> think about that. It, it, it was so, um, it was such a, a um, pivotal moment in church history that Michael King uh, felt like he had to change his name because of just everything that took place, right? So as Martin Luther King Jr. grew up, he actually sought out to join a reformed um, seminary. But of course, he would be denied because he was black. Oh, y'all don't want to hear that, right? <laughs> and, you know, as he would be denied, 
he would, you know, enroll into a Bible college later on in life that would actually be more liberal and it wasn't reform. Exactly. And so that's, you know, what, you know, paved his, you know, understanding in that way. But think about that. And, and, and look at where we're at today, where, you know, where we're barely seeing, you know, an uprise of, you know, all of us, you know, different shades, different colors coming into Reformed theology and are actually now standing in positions where they're leading now. That is crazy. And so this is why we, we, were, we want to talk about this topic, too. And then also why we asked all you guys um, how Reformed theology has shaped your view of Christ, has shaped your view of doctrine, Bible and the church, all these things, right? Um, how reformed theology has shaped your faith in christ so yeah man having said all this man i'm excited now uh because having asked a a few people to send in some voicemails i want to encourage i want to encourage um those people who have been put on reformed theology and have faced backlash from the church or maybe they don't know what to do where should they leave the church? Should they stay? What's happened? Some some people are already beefing it. Not not that they're beefing it, but people within the church have a problem when other people get put on reformed theology. And you know, we can't keep it to ourselves. We we get excited and we we want to share it. And so the non-denominational congregations, they don't want none of that. They see Calvinism as a as a heresy, let alone covenant theology, right? Um, but people are, are rising up. There's an awakening happening where there needs to be more confessionally reformed covenantal churches in the hoods. Yeah, we say covenantal because we're capital R reformed. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my Presbyterians out there. But let me let's let's play some some voicemails to encourage um, those out there. So this there is the reason why we, I, I did this because I want to encourage the body, those people who are being marked off from the churches, and I want to encourage you guys to stay faithful to to the Word of God, stay faithful to the truth of Scripture. And we're gonna see right now that you're not alone. There's Latinos all over America that are going through it with you too. Check this out. Hi, my name is Omar Nelson Pineda. I just put my full name out there. You can find me on Instagram, shameless plug. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Tales of a Homesick Saint. You can find me there if you want to look at some of my stuff. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I came to the Reformed Faith in like 2019. Uh, I was at, I was at, a, at the time I was at a church that wasn't biblically solid. Um, you know, I was on leadership and they asked me to step down and uh because of you know where i was theologically and my disagreement and because of my disagreements that i had with, with the church and honestly i wasn't the greatest in that like i wasn't wrong with a lot of what i what i said but it was the way i did it and you know i ended up leaving and it was a hard time and i bet most of you have probably experienced what i'm talking about now um but yeah god was faithful and i'm about to set up part two right now And I know that it can be really hard, um, but 
you know, I tell you, you're not alone in this. Uh, there are many uh, Latinos that are coming to the Reformed faith, and it, it's a great thing. It's beautiful. It's, it's happening. I, you know, uh, and I'm connecting with people. Um, you know, I met a lot of Reformed Latinos now, uh, and one of my closest friends recently has come to the Reformed faith, which is great. Um, yeah, and, and it, it has helped me understand the word so much, so much better than I was before. Um, yeah, uh, theology is a beautiful thing. Uh, we need it. It's very essential to our walk. Um, you can't separate theology from the Christian faith. It, it, it's, it's you can't. You just can't. You know. But yeah, you're not alone. Um, just know the Lord is with you. And I'm probably gonna send one more part. You know, if you do still, you know, if you are feeling alone, I will tell you, you know, I'm more than happy to talk if you DM me on Instagram uh, and I can connect with you with other brothers and sisters in Christ. And yeah, and, and if you want to, we, we can help you find a church if you're looking for one. Um, I know that the boys here at Reformed Rasa would definitely help you with that as well if you were to ask. Um, but yeah, you know, you're, you're not alone. <laughs> I know I keep repeating that, but, but yeah. Um, just know I'm, I'm praying for everyone who hears this uh you know god bless you god be with you um yeah the homie omar from the east coast maryland by the way this is the first time i'm listening to all of these that one i don't know what it is if it's the moment or what but i'm like dang that got to the heart right there like, you're not alone i'm going through this too i went through this Dang, that my bad. That's, I feel, uh, I feel like all these we're gonna say the same. Like the, 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 we could relate, and the, that's exactly why I wanted yeah. to do this because we're not alone, and that's exactly what what I want to show is that we're all going through it with you, you know. So check this out. So we're gonna spend a little bit of time in the East Coast, going back to the East Coast. Hey, Reformed Dasa listeners. Uh, my name is Tito. I'm in Richmond, Virginia. And the way Reformed theology has shaped my faith in Christ has extended past how I view the Bible, how I view my uh, church community, but it has affected how I live out my life in such a drastic way where um, it no longer depends on anything that I have to do because all of that has already been completed by Christ on the cross. It has changed my faith from a workspace to salvation to a covenant confessional salvation where I'm looking at Christ at all times for it. Just a quick shout out to Victor, Martin, and Justin. You guys are doing a great job with this podcast. And to all the reforming Latinos out there, um, keep your head up. You are not alone. We are out here and we are expanding. The homie Tito. And man, yeah, man, uh, we're out there. He said Richmond, Virginia. Come on, somebody. I'm about, I'm about to go get tissue right now. <laughs> we're gonna spend some more this time. Good. This is good stuff. We're gonna spend some more time in the East Coast. Check this out. Yerp. First and foremost, I just want to say baptize your babies for all those Baptists that are listening. <laughs> Second, I just want to say my name is Rashawn. I'm from New York City, so you already know. 
And uh, aside from New York City and being influenced by them, I want to say R.C. Bro has been an influence in me understanding uh, Reformed theology. So with the Fire Solas and with uh, the Five Points of Calvinism, I just want to say Covenant Theology. Oof, dude, yo, yes. Also, Lauren Gospel, but the way he would do it, he'd obviously do it in a systematic way. So like through the attributes of God, you, you see the covenants that were given to us. And through these covenants, you see uh, that Christ was given to us um, and the perfect life of him and the fact that the father ordained the death of his son intentionally to die for the elect. And through that, we get the benefit. And so that's where law and gospel comes in. I'm pretty sure it goes in every aspect, but it has been very, very helpful and just me living it out in light of what Christ has done for me. The homie Ray Sean. So this is what he's, he's, a, he's a Chicano He's a Mexican-American His mom is from Boyle Heights, LA and But he's, they moved out there to the East Coast So, hey. I mean We're out there, you know what I mean? So shout out to, to those homies And then we're going to spend some more time On the East Coast See if if you know anything about Christian rap And Christian reform rap and what? You're going you're gonna, to this, this, this voice is going to sound very familiar to you Yo, what's going on, Saints? This is the apologist from Christ Centric. And uh, Reformed Theology, how did it affect or shape my faith? Well, it gave me a better understanding of the sovereignty of God, knowing that He's in full control and there's nothing I can do to change anything in my life. Second, um, it gave me uh, an amazing view of uh, salvation, how He just comes down and saves us that we cannot save ourselves but that he actually gives us the holy spirit and saves us also gave me a good uh grasp of uh, church government run by the elders and how the role of a pastor and elders is for men alone and not women and me coming from a background of pentecostalism it was all a big mess so anyway i could say more and more about how how reformed theology has shaped my faith but um all i can say right now is semper reformanda y que viva la reformacion the apologist from christ-centric records man yeah, I think he's out in Philly, somewhere out there. But man, I am encouraged by these voicemails, man. Hope y'all are too. And we're gonna keep it. Uh, let's go down south. Let's go down south. Let's head down south to to some Latinos down in Florida. God bless you guys. This is Brother Gio. I was asked by uh, Brother Martin a powerful question. Simple but powerful. Question was, how has Reformed theology shaped my faith in Christ? Well, one thing I can say is that it has helped increase my faith in Christ. It's wonderful and comforting to know that salvation is not dependent upon me, but upon the Lord. The Bible says in Psalms 3, that salvation belongs to the Lord. And I'm grateful because I know that in my weakness, in my depravity, in my wretchedness, I couldn't save myself. I was dead in my sin. But Reformed Theology has allowed me to understand salvation belongs to Him and Him alone. That was Gio the Gift. He just dropped an album with the homie Doctrinal. Not that long called uh, Los Tres Golpes. 
reform Spanish rap to know about that. Mm. Well, we, we should put that link in the, in the description so you can go ahead and check this out. Check this out. Um, so yeah, man. Um, I think uh, him and the Padres, they're, they're uh, Dominicanos. So it's just more than just, you know, Mexican. When we say Latinos, we mean all Latinos, you know what I mean? From all over Latin America. Um, but let's keep it, let's keep it Southern. Let's keep it Southern. And check this one out. This is Para Mis Hermanas. Hello, my name is Rocio Guevara. I was born and raised in Mexico City. Um, but at the age of 11, um, I came to Houston, Texas, and I have lived here ever since. Um, I have always been part of the church. Um, I was basically uh, raised in apostolic and Pentecostal churches. Um, and from there, I just I moved into New Apostolic Reformation that led to progressive Christianity. And that led to a deconstruction of faith due to the abuse I experienced in these churches. Um, but unable to let go of the idea of God, I started reading and researching the Bible on my own. Um, I also started listening to R.C. Sproul, John MacArthur, Paul Washer, um, and other great preachers that really opened me up to reform theology. And I have, I haven't looked back ever since. And so it's, I'm thankful to God even for those, uh, bad experiences in church uh, because um, now I know the truth um, and that is to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Dang, that's some, that's some good stuff right there. Even las Latinas are getting in on this. That is encouraging, and that's something I definitely want to see more um, Latinas growing in the Reformed faith, um, because re re the, the Reformed faith is not just for men. It's for it's just like the Bible, right? <laughs> it's for women, children. It's for all people, right? Uh, that 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 new covenant, a better covenant, a more inclusive covenant. And so, man, yeah, I mean. We're out there. We're out there. So we're going to stay in Texas. Check this out. Hola, Reformed Raza. This is Kayla from Texas. So Reformed Theology has shaped me in Christ. According to the scriptures, it's shaped me because the script says that it will sanctify me for his word is truth. And so may I believe that and may we all believe that. May we continue to unlearn what we've learned and relearn it. Um, and may we continue to press on and be under the sanctification of the Lord for his sovereign grace is in control over our lives. What a beautiful reminder. May we continue to press on and have our eyes on the perfecter, justifier, the author, the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. Hopefully that is encouraging to all of my Latino family listening. And yeah, so may we continue to be Bereans and test the scriptures. Um, happy Reformation Month. I, 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 lo I love what she said. Unlearn what we have unlearned and learn. 
<laughs> deconstruct to construct. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. man, that's mm-hmm. that's, a, that's that's real. That was the homegirl, Akela. Are you gonna hear more about her? We're trying to get her on an episode. We just have busy schedules because she has a crazy story. She has. She comes from, you know, new age, you know, witchcraft kind of stuff. Then getting into Todd White, and and then coming to the Reformed faith. So you're gonna you're gonna hear her story real soon. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. But now let's head over to the West Coast. What's good, Reformed Rasa? This is Joseph from Whittier, California, with a Reformation testimony. I just wanted to give you my story. I come primarily from a Pentecostal background. Went to Pentecostal Bible College, and a good friend of mine once gave me uh, Calvin's Institutes to read over the summer. And after I read it, I was completely transformed by the doctrines of grace and my understanding of who the Lord is and how he actually calls people. Uh, one of the greatest things about Reformed theology for me has been this great understanding that uh, the Lord is sovereign in all that he does, and that includes how he saved me and when he saved me. Uh, I've grown so much in the understanding and, and have so much peace knowing that my salvation isn't based on me or my works and that it's not based on how tightly I hold to Christ, but how tightly Christ holds to me. And that's what the Reformation has done for me and continues to do for me on a daily basis. Let me bust out a Martin right here, a Mr. Friedman right here. What do you say? It's not that I ho- I hold tightly to Christ, but Christ holds tightly to me. That's what man. And you know what a lot of people are saying is that is they went from a works-based salvation to now a more faith in Christ, and that's something, dude. That is so. Man, that's something that that apostolic Pentecostals, non-denominational churches do, and they don't recognize that they do. They are very legalistic in their doctrine. It's very man-centered. You have to do something in order for God to respond. That's a works-based salvation. Instead of starting from a place of relationship with God, and because of my relationship with God, I'm going to obey. They start from an obedience in order to get a right relationship with God. And that burdens the people. Man. I you modern day reformation. And we're going to keep it. We're going to keep it West Coast, but we're going to move on to Nevada. Hey, brothers, I want to give praise to your podcast. Uh, my name is Victor. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona, and I'd like to give you guys praise for reaching the Hispanic community with Reformed Theology. It was your podcast directly that led me to a Reformed Church, of course, by the Holy Spirit, where I'm able to worship and give all the glory to God, Sola Deo Gloria, and help me exalt Christ in Scripture alone. I pray your podcast continues to bear fruit for the body of Christ and grow a new reform in our Latino communities. Thank you, brothers. God bless. Once he said, my name is Victor, I'm like, hey, me too. <laughs> yeah. So crazy story about this Vato right here. Eh? Um, uh, I posted something. It was, it was actually when we first had our, when we got kicked out of our old church. I posted something when we're doing the Calvinism series. Yeah. And so uh, this dude messaged me, you know, how 
He's been encouraged because he's a Calvinist, but he's at a Victory Outreach church. And if you don't know what Victory Outreach, it's like this this hood church where a bunch of cholos come out of. You know, they come from the cholos when they get saved, they go to Victory Outreach. You know, so they look very like banged out and they still look very hood. Uh, but it's very legalistic, very Pentecostal, and it's it's uh, very nonsensical. Like, no, don't get me wrong. There's 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 brothers in those churches that that love the Lord, uh, but they don't recognize the the burdens that they they lay on people. So he was at that kind of church, and then I posted. He he was in in, in Gilbert, Arizona, and then so someone else saw it and said, "Hey, I'm 15 minutes away from there." And so the the person I saw his name is his, uh, Mark. His name is Marcus Wada. Um, he goes to um, Redeemer Bible Church. Um, I think that's Costi Hens Church. So they made they I, I I sent them. I connected them, and so they actually met up in person, and now they're still part of the same church. And so I think that was probably roughly like a year ago. And so by me. You know, sharing sharing you know Victor's story, Marcus responded, and they were able to connect, and it's a life changing situation. If you know what Victor Outreach is about, then going to a Reformed church, completely different thing. This brother, he messaged me, or I messaged him, and he told me that he just came from a conference at, a, at Apologia, Apologia Church over there, and um, dude, like. It's really happening. Latinos are coming into the reform faith and they're growing and bearing fruits. And yes, we're going to face opposition, uh -huh. but the Lord is good and the Lord is sovereign. So we got a couple more right here. Bring them out. We're going to stay in Nevada. Yo, yo, que pasa raza, it's your boy Emmanuel, aka Emmanuel the Lesser, and uh, I was saved in January of 2011 in Phoenix, Arizona. I was saved from drug addiction, alcoholism, sexual immorality uh, with women, and partying and popping pills and criminal activity, you know, things of that nature. I was raised by a single mother. Uh, dad was not around at all growing up, and so I grew up being raised by SS in the street and uh, brothers in the street, you know what I'm saying? So how Reformed Theology has shaped my life, I mean, it's, it's the reason why I became a Christian, it's the reason why I came to know the Lord Christ. Uh, Brother Army shared the gospel with me over and over again. I got plugged into a local church, and not only was I instructed in the Word of God, but I was shown practically what it looks like to be a faithful man, what it looks like to be a sober man, what it looks like to be an obedient man, what it looks like to be a, a man of service, a man of humility seeking others interests above your own and I was never taught that prior to Christ everything was all about me 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 my consumption my pleasure my identity uh, my reputation etc etc but just biblical theology just period um, the Bible being preached faithfully is, is what helped um, shape me and bring me to new life and we can attribute that a lot of that to our spiritual ancestors like Martin Luther and I'm grateful for for that I'm grateful for the Reformation so grace and peace saints hope that was encouraging peace reform theology 
is basically biblical theology. And I do have to apologize because I've been saying Nevada and these vatos are from Arizona. So, Spencer. <laughs> what a sin. <laughs> but man, check that out, man. He, he said something, you know, that's what we've been saying. He said he went from, a, it was all about me, 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 right? This is going on in these churches, man-centered doctrine, yep. and they're blinded to it. They don't recognize it. But when we get put on Reformed Theology, we're like, what? There's a shift. It's not about me. It's about Christ. What he has done. Who he is and who I, I am in him. And that, that that's a game changer. So last one. Last one. Let's take it back to Califas. Hey, what's up, loved ones? My name is Frankie. I'm calling from beautiful San Diego, California. And uh, I think the question was asked was, uh, how has Reformed theology shaped my faith in Christ? And you know what? Um, we can probably touch on that all day, but if I could just break it down uh, pretty simple, I would say that Reformed theology, I actually love Reformed theology. You know, I love seeing Christ in all the scripture. Uh, I think it's helped uh, unpack uh, the mysteries of Christ, the mystery of the gospel um, unfolding throughout redemptive history from Genesis 3.15 and just continues to climax throughout the scripture. Um, I love seeing the covenantal framework, the covenantal lens uh, of how we view, uh, view things. Um, I love seeing the providence of God, the sovereignty of God for his people, over his people as well. I mean, just so much to say, uh, but given the time frame, uh, those are like some key things that come to mind for me. Um, and I just want to encourage people out there who may be new to the Reformed faith or, you know, the Reformed circle, so to speak. Uh, you know, I want to encourage you to really dig in the scriptures. You know, I want, I want you to study the scriptures diligently, surround yourself with other brothers who are just as passionate as seeing Christ and all the scripture and growing in your walk with him daily uh, get plugged into a gospel centered Christ centered preached uh, preaching church and uh, just continue to grow and uh, they're going to be people that you're going to come across your life and you're going to see these people who have just as much hunger for Christ as you do as you continue to grow so I just want to encourage you guys with that okay so God bless you one love and as we always say soli deo gloria Man, I had a deep conversation with this vato last night. We spoke for over an hour just about Reformed theology, Jesus, and just our walks with the Lord, you know, what the Lord has done in our lives. And, um, you know, crazy, cra crazy thing. Um, this brother Frankie, he was actually on For Christ y Cultura's podcast. Uh, he used to be a rapper, a Chicano rapper out here in California. He used to go by the name of Young Sick. He's If you're from Southern California, you know, you're going to know that, you know, who Mr. Shadow is, Little One, you know, people like that from San Diego, big names out here. And he was a, he was he was among uh, those kind of people. But then he got saved and he became reformed. He was telling me that he's spoken to some of these dudes about the Lord. So that, that's that's crazy to hear. Right. Dang. <laughs> and so, man, so I hope you all are encouraged, man. Um, We're out there. We heard of uh, we heard of, of Latinos from the East Coast, from Maryland, from from Philly, from New York, from Florida. Um, these Latinas out there in, in Texas, out there in Texas, uh, Arizona, California, uh, and and you know it's it's crazy to see what the Lord is doing in everybody's lives, and this is a movement that is that is happening. 
it's going down and it's only going to grow. It's only going to grow. So we need to really um, be about the, the father's business and really do what we have to do in order to really search the scriptures and get to know Christ more. Yes, we're into reformed theology. That, that's only what that that is only the case because it glorifies God. We're not trying to make reformed theology an idol or anything like that, but this is the tradition that exalts Christ the most. And that's truly who we want. We want Jesus Christ. And we want to see God glorified in a way that we haven't seen before. Man, hearing all these stories right now, I'm just I'm just thinking like why is this such a bad thing? <laughs> Because opposition is real, right? Yeah, opposition is real, but it's like, man, I, 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 I'm touched by all these stories. And then, you know, in, in my mind, I'm just like, why why would you want to stop this? But hey, that's the way the, the world is right now. But I mean, there's a reformation happening within the Latinos group. There's a reformation happening, period, within uh, within these non-denominational churches, within these Pentecostal churches. And uh yeah, we, we, we face that heat, but God is sovereign. He is in control of all things. And like, uh, you know, my, my reverend and uh, my brother t- tell me as well, hey, there's no other way it can happen. But we, we trust that God is sovereign through these times. And that's how Reformed Theology shapes you. All of these stories, the sovereignty of God, you know, being comforted by who God is, and not being comforted by my own works or my own strength, but being comforted by who God is and what he's doing in our lives. Amen. Amen. So we're going to keep on keeping on, you know. Uh, also, Justin, he had to step out. He had some things to do. That's how that's how busy we've been. This <laughs> I had to book it in the middle of a, a recording an episode. Um, but keep us in prayer uh, because yes. we're, 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 we're seeking to... to plan a church and we're going to face a lot of opposition um because we're bringing something that 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 hasn't been seen before you know yes we are we're presbyterians so we view scriptures through a covenantal lens and yes we do baptize them babies so just think about that we're going to be called catholics we're going to be called you know, well, mainly that. Right? We're gonna be, yeah, we're going to be called Catholics and uh, you're part of an occult and this and that. But I mean, but just just as God was faithful with Martin Luther, just as God was faithful to Paul, the apostle, just as God was faithful and bringing Moses and Israelites out. He's, he's going to be faithful today. He is faithful. And I'm excited. 2023 Reformed Church of Orange County, City of Santana, is going to start. So pretty soon, um, we're going to post out a link where you can support us because um, planting churches in, in a low-income area uh, is going to take a lot of fundraising. It's going to take a lot of, you know, trying to get connections. So eventually, we're going to post a link if you fill in this. And if you want to contribute financially, pretty soon there'll be a link where you can help us out because we're going to be bivocational. So we're going to have to still work our our day jobs and still plant this church and still try to 
uh, feed our families. You know, so yeah. uh, it's, it's going to be a long road ahead, but the work is good because w- what I get excited by is seeing people fall in love with the Lord and then grow through the scriptures. I love to see people converted. I love to evangelize. I love to see what the Lord does in his people. And that's what I'm excited to do. And, you know, we've gotten a little taste of, of sacrificing our comfort already. Um, we hold our Tuesday night Bible studies uh, on my pad every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. And that takes up all of our time for that day. That takes up all of our attention. But there's been fruit even from those Bible studies. You see us posting it every Tuesday. So if you're if you're in the city of Westminster, come through. Come through. If you're in the city of Santana, if you're in the city of Anaheim, Huntington Beach, Garden Grove, uh, surrounding Stanton, you know, and all, all over right here, um, go ahead and come through. But yeah, this is this is this is not a a, a life for people who want to be comf- live in comfort. Uh, church planting is going to require sacrifice. It's going to it's going to require um, a lot of time. It's going to require a lot of sleepless nights. It's going to re- require random folk phone calls. It's going to require a dedication to the Lord like never before. It's going to require me being dedicated to my family. It's going to re- require me um, paying attention to to important things and having a balanced view of everything not just me but you know all of us right me victor and justin yeah i got i gotta say this too uh most important thing support us in prayer yeah um you just you just heard my brother right now that you know we're gonna be faced we 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 had we've had a taste but there's more to come and so uh, just keep us in, in in prayer if you uh, uh, eventually that that link will, will drop, but until then, like you know, we need prayer partners. Yeah, that's what that's what we need. So don't forget, don't forget us in your prayer. Like we're we're real we're, people. We're real people <laughs> who need prayer. <laughs> we, yes, we believe in the sovereignty of God. Yes, we believe that ultimately things will plan out the way He does. But He has given us the church. Amen. Y'all, we, we just need prayer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, man, I hope y'all have been encouraged by this episode. Um, I can't promise you that we're going to drop an episode next week. I can't promise you that it's going to be in two weeks. <laughs> we're going to drop them as they come. You know what I mean? So, gracias um, uh, for still following us and still listening to this podcast. And for all you vatos or ladies that have unfollowed us, May God have mercy on your soul. This <laughs> guy. <laughs> we're we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna post up, uh, you know, like and you'll go to heaven and dislike and no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> but man, yeah, this was this is a dope episode. Um, so to all you reforming Latinos out there, keep your head up, stay faithful in the Lord, keep searching the scriptures and never be afraid to speak out and defend the Lord and to and to share what you believe regardless of the backlash regardless of the opposition stay faithful to Christ and remember y'all you ain't alone you're not alone amen 
So this is Reformed Rasa. May God be glorified through the edification of the saints. Remember, the force will be with you always. Because this is for the Rasa. This is for the Rasa. Rasa, Rasa. This is for the Rasa.